Well, it's very great uh, to talk to our next guest. Saying goodbye to her beloved wine nearly six years ago was the dawning of a new era for Lotta Dan, an author and a mum of three from Wellington, one that is free from the relentless preoccupation of whether or not to have a drink. Her sober blog, Mrs D is Going Without, was so successful it led to her penning a best-selling book by the same name and running the government-funded Living Sober website, which incidentally attracts 80,000 hits a month from Kiwis who are battling with the booze. She's also the MC of the Hehekoe Matutu Addiction Recovery Walk, a first for New Zealand, happening in Auckland tomorrow afternoon, the aim of which is to dispel stigma around addiction, to demonstrate that recovery is possible, and to celebrate achievements. So it's a great pleasure to have on the show with us, and a very good afternoon, Lotta Dan. Hi there, Lotta. Hi, Lotta. Hi, how are you guys? We're we good, are thank great. you. Love bit of chat. Thanks very much for giving us your time. Oh, thanks for having me on. Lotta, can we start just by saying, when did you realise you were an alcoholic? Well, I didn't choose to use that word until I'd actually stopped drinking for a couple of months. That was a big thing for me. Um, But when I realised I was really struggling with alcohol was probably probably at least three years before I actually managed to stop. I had a long period of of this internal debate with myself about my drinking. Was it frightening for you? The, the prospect of not drinking alcohol is utterly terrifying because we live in a world where we're saturated. I'd spent my whole life believing booze, you know, drinking alcohol was the best way to relax, celebrate, yep. have fun, you name it. And so, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying to think, you know, how am I going to have fun? How am I going to enjoy anything ever again if I don't drink alcohol? Mm. Yeah, were there other people um, that tr- that said to you or tried to say to you, look, you know, maybe you've got a bit of a problem here but before you decided yourself that you had a problem? No, and this is the interesting thing. Oh, okay. No one ever said anything to me, and I think there's two reasons for that. One, a lot of my drinking in the latter years went on behind closed doors, sitting on my sofa at home alone. Right. Um, my husband was um, an early, he worked an early shift at the time, so he went to bed at about eight pm, and I spent most of the evening on my own drinking. So no one else really saw how bad things were. And the other thing is, if anyone ever did see me, you know, because I did go out on occasion and get drunk at a wedding or fall off a stool in a bar, which is something I did once. Um, it's quite accepted in this society. We we have a we we just we don't you know shudder at. at um, public drunkenness so no no one ever said a word to me it's kind of funny isn't it for most people it's like oh did you see what old joe did the other day or old lotta did the other day sort of thing Mm -hmm. but also to be fair sorry to cut you off but it's actually a really difficult conversation to have if you are worried about someone it's quite a brave thing to do to bring it up with someone so i don't know if there was anyone that maybe wondered how i was getting on but yeah no one said anything Lotta, I remember years ago, and it would be 10 years ago, reading a story by uh, Pam Corkery in The Listener, and she said the perception out there of an alcoholic is a drunk that just can't get themselves together, they're falling all over, you know, they're slobbering, etc. But she said for her, alcoholism actually, it was just having a constant level of alcohol in the system. And you had to have that constant minimum, if, if, if you could use that term, and it was when that constant minimum was threatened, that's when the real fear came out. So do you think there's more alcoholics in New Zealand than we would appreciate? Oh, I'm convinced there are. I know there are because I, I get people reaching out to me every single day saying, I'm really struggling, I'm really miserable, you know, the wheels are falling off my life, but no one can see it. That's the thing. You can actually hide quite dysfunctional drinking. You, you can 
You can carry on your life. You can look fine. You can be smiling during the day, but secretly at night, you're doing not very well at all. And, you know, the drinker knows. The drinker knows at 3 a.m. when they wake up and they feel guilty yet again for how much they drunk. So, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of people. And the other reason is that one I said before, that, you know, we have a, a great tolerance and acceptance for quite regular, steady, heavy drinking in this country. So it's another reason why so many of us can sort of fly beneath the radar. Exactly. Now, let's look at recovery, because one of the things I hope you're going to say is, when you made the decision that I'm going to change my life, I'm going to change how things are going along, and I'm going to do everything I can to be sober again, when you talked with people about that, did you find that people were, by and large, virtually all supportive? You mean the people around me? Yeah, yes, yeah. That, well, yes. well, obviously, I mean, I, I'm, I'm presuming that the people that you told about it were the people closest to you, the people that love you and care for you. Yeah, I mean, they were, uh, to be fair, it was a little bit like a bomb went off because wow. most people drink habitually, so it was a little bit like, oh, golly, okay. So they were all really proud of me. They were all a little surprised, I think, but they have watched me grow and and transform into this, you know, quite different woman that I am today. And that's the power of recovery, is, is people watching you grow and just become this much better version of yourself. It's not so much what they said to me at the time, but now my loved ones are looking at me going, oh, yeah, this is just so, you know, good. I can see the power of recovery. I mean, recovery is my favorite topic, guys. It is <laughs> yeah, the best Well, can I ask you this, and, and then we'll very quickly uh, talk to you about the walk. But... You, you mentioned right at the start, Lotter, about sort of life being scary without alcohol in it. Hand on heart, is life as much fun for you now not drinking as it was when you were drinking? Hand on heart, on my children's lives, yep. it is better. Great. Good. I mean, I have more fun. This is the thing. I have genuine fun. I don't have fun that's come out of a bottle that's giving me an artificial dopamine hit. When I have fun, when I laugh, when I dance, I feel it genuinely and authentically in my body. And it is so powerful and amazing. The last wedding I went to, I danced nonstop for four hours. You know, at the end of the night, people were passed down the bushes, falling over. Someone was in tears. I was just dancing. I was just having the best time. It sounds cliched and it sounds naff, but honestly, I just want this message to get out there. It is so possible to live without alcohol and have a really great, really fun-filled life. Lotta, it's so great to talk to you. We're going to give the details of your walk in just a moment. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Lotta. Appreciate it.